Welcome. You are now listening to another powerful message brought to you by Joel Phillips, Senior Pastor at Escondido Christian Center. For more teachings, subscribe to our podcast or find us online at thecenter.co. Thank you. Thank you for all of that. Uh, that means a lot. Just a couple of folks that shared up here. Uh, I, you know, I, the four languages of love, uh, I'll just tell you what mine is. It's words of encouragement, and um, I, I don't mind gifts either, but uh, I think I got a, a feeling what's in that box, and um, I'm really glad about it. I, I, I could be wrong, but I think it's a Verissimo coffee maker. That's because I've just fallen in love with if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Um, get get a bunch of people to love you like you love me, and maybe you'll get one. I don't know. But uh, <clears throat> thank you. Thank you so much for just all your, your words of encouragement. I get cards and uh, little notes. By the way, if you haven't gotten a birthday card from me or an anniversary card, that means that you've either given under the radar or you've never given to our church. If you give to our church, if you if you pay tithe here, I'll send you a birthday card. How about that? That's uh, <laughs> We just don't have any record of you. That's that's what normally how we get some addresses and records and dates and stuff. Or you fill out one of those little cards. I guess every so often we'll ask for you know what's your update your address. But I love doing that because I'll sit down and I'll I'll just look at the name and the Lord will just download stuff to me to write on the card. And um, I, I love doing that. I love receiving it as well. And uh, I'm, that's that's really what I'd like to talk about today because. Um, you, you know, think about how much you enjoy somebody that appreciates you or, or shows you that they love you or says something to you that um, tells you that they, they care about you, that they're uh, thankful for you. Um, we as humans have those kind of exchanges, and they mean a lot to us. Think, think what, what those exchanges, not only uh, coming from God, but also being released to God, giving Him thanks and acknowledging hey, all of this blessing that is in my life and all the things that are, even the stuff that I, I'm not real happy about right now, I'm thanking you that you're going to work these things out according to your purposes and plans and it's going to be awesome and I give you praise ahead of time. Think about those kind of exchanges. Um, this is the real spirit of prophecy. The Bible says the spirit of prophecy is Jesus and where Jesus went, that's what he did. He just He, he spoke into people's lives uh, the thing he had the hardest time with were religious people, which uh, none of you are. Uh, you wouldn't probably be here if you were religious. But we all have religious tendencies, and we have things in us that uh, we think, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and that's going to somehow you know, increase my relationship with God. That is not how you increase your relationship with God. The way you increase and strengthen and deepen your relationship with God is just tell Him you love Him. Tell Him you're, 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 uh, not, you're not even sure what to say about Him, but you want to say something to Him and about Him, and He'll start dropping things into your heart to speak to Him that He, lo- he wants you to say. And uh, why would God want that? I don't, I don't know totally. But I do know it means a lot when people give it to you and give it to me. And it also hurts a lot when they don't. Um, I remember growing up in a, in a season in the church where appreciation Sundays like this just kind of be, uh, spirit's pretty much gone. And if it's still alive, uh, don't let me know because it will bum me out. But the, I remember when we'd have appreciation Sundays for the pastor and people were like, well, no one appreciates me. Why should I appreciate him? You so what you want to receive. The, the Word of God is, and this is the kingdom of God. 
What you need, you give away. If you want to be a friend, you show yourself friendly. You want to be blessed financially, you give your finances away. It's, it's, uh, it's the opposite of the way our world works. And when it comes to the movement of God's Spirit, it's the opposite of the way the world thinks too. God chooses the foolish things of this world, the things that don't seem wise in the natural. God chooses those individuals to be useful to Him. And how many have been chosen by him? And uh, you can say, wow, I don't know if I should take that as a compliment or, or what. I, I, but I know God wants to use every one of us. Amen? And we've been reading in Acts about this. This is kind of uh, just the theme for the year in Acts chapter 2 when the, the Holy Spirit pours himself out on that first century church and begins this wonderful work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. We're told that Peter gets up and he, he says these words in Acts chapter 2. Uh, verse 17, he says, this is God speaking, I'll pour out my spirit on everybody and cause your sons and your daughters to do what? To prophesy. And on men and women alike, they will also prophesy. And yet, if I were to ask uh, any of you, uh, you know, I, maybe the first question I would ask is, what do you, what do you think prophecy is? Uh, Generally, the answer you'll get is it'll have something to do with end-time events, which is okay. That's certainly part of biblical prophecy. But the Bible says that prophecy should be done for us to one another, and all of us are capable of doing it. And let me, let me take it a little bit deeper. Look, look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. It says this. It says, concerning spiritual gifts, that word pneumaticos is an interesting word in the Greek. It has to do with all the workings and operations of the Holy Spirit. Considering those operations of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that we are not to be ignorant. Paul's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about this. So if you don't know about it, that's not God's will. He wants you to know about it. Some of us don't want to know about it. I've heard somebody say, what I don't know, I'm not responsible for. Well, let me, let me just share with you. One of the greatest fulfillments you'll ever experience in your life is knowing God used you to minister something in somebody else's life. It's one of the greatest fulfillments, especially if you know God used you to minister to somebody who didn't even know God. It's an amazing thing. Paul says, I don't want you to be ignorant about that kind of operation. I want you to be aware of it, but I also want you to be used in it. This isn't for a select few. Look at 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. It says this, be enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts. There's that word again, pneumaticos, spiritual operations, when God's spirit begins to work. Hey, I know people, when things start to happen in the spiritual realm, and by the way, when things happen in the spiritual realm, they can be a little bit strange. They can be a little mysterious. We get real nervous. We've gotten so nervous in the church, we don't allow them anymore. Paul says, be enthusiastic about that. Be passionate about it. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit or the operation of the Holy Spirit. Allow it. And he says, by the way, I don't want you to be ignorant about it, but I also don't want you to be afraid of it. Be passionate about it. And then look at one last verse in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 31. It says this, for you can all prophesy in turn and in an environment where all present can be instructed, notice how good this is, and encouraged and strengthened. In other words, when the Holy Spirit begins to move through us, when we begin to speak something that has a prophetic edge to it, 
there's valuable things that begin to take place. It's not something we're to be afraid of. It's something we should welcome. I'm welcoming it in this place. I want it to not just happen in this place. I want it to happen in our lives regularly where we hear the voice of the Lord. How do we hear the voice of the Lord? What does God's voice sound like? Uh, you may have heard my son Tally talk about being out on a trail, uh, me being out hiking and, and having God speak to me, which happens. And I, I'm, I hike in a place up behind my house. I can see the whole city of Escondido, and I, I have God just, like, say things to me. What does it sound like? What is his voice like so you know that it's him speaking? I'm so glad you asked those questions because I'd love to tell you. So get out your pen, get out a pencil, get out your iPhone, your, your other demonic phones, whatever they are, <clears throat> get them out, and I want you to take a few notes because I want you to get really good at knowing what God's voice is and gaining, <clears throat> excuse me, confidence. Confidence in the things of the Spirit. To not be ignorant, to not be apprehensive, but to be passionate, to be enthusiastic. Now, I tell people, and I want you to hear this, the most you'll ever be is about 60% sure. If you, <clears throat> if you start to get more than, uh, and I, I hate to put it into such a uh, formulaic kind of uh, thing, but when you are really super sure it's God, uh, you got to watch out because then pride can begin to take over. There's a part of this whole operation of the Spirit where we start to gain confidence where we still have a part of us that goes, I'm not sure. God, this is this you? Why? Because he wants us to depend on him. Because it won't be long if I'm 100% sure this is God where all of a sudden it'll begin to shift and it'll be 100% me. Do you follow me? So how do we gain confidence? How do we know that it's God speaking? How, how can I... Um, Make sure I don't get it wrong. I want to get it right, what he's saying. Um, you know, and there's fears involved, isn't there? Because not only if I get it wrong, that could be bad, but what if people reject me? What if I say, hey, I, I felt like the Lord put you on my heart or whatever you want to say. Maybe you don't even have to say any of that. You just say something that you, t you felt like Lord, the Lord told you to tell them, and they reject it. They say, oh, well, that's, you know, hey, I don't know what you ate for dinner last night, but, you know, all these smug kind of things we say about the Holy Spirit. Uh, which, by the way, I just, I have to say this. Why doesn't somebody produce memes on social media about that kind of spirit rather than people who are given southern accents that are saying, the Lord just told me and I feel God's given me. Why, why make fun of people like that? Such a stupid, easy target. The better target would be the spirit that quenches and resists the Holy Spirit. That's what we're battling against, not some southern drawl person with the, the anointing all over them. Uh, listen, we can all prophesy, whether it's in Old King James or whether it's in a southern drawl. I just hope you do it. Amen. Check this out. This is the first thing I want you to get a hold of. The emphasis needs to start being on not your ability to hear God's voice, but rather on God's absolute ability to be heard. Let, let, me, let me repeat that because this is worth hearing maybe twice or thrice. The emphasis on your inability to hear God's voice must be replaced 
with the emphasis on God's absolute ability to be heard. You know when you're talking to somebody and you can tell they're not listening? This never happens to me with you, but it does happen occasionally with my granddaughter. <clears throat> well, you know that you don't have their attention. You know, you know what I'm talking about? What do you do? You adjust things so that they hear you. You adjust your body posture. You adjust your volume. You adjust maybe the words you're using. You adjust things. If you can adjust yourself to be heard, don't you think God could adjust himself to be heard? See, God's absolute in being heard. Let me prove to you why. And this is uh, in John 10, verse 27. Such a great verse. My sheep, God speaks. Jesus is speaking. He says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep, they, they hear my voice, and as a result, I know them, they know me, and they follow me as a result. Look, look, look over at Deuteronomy 8, verse 3. I love this. Man shall not live by bread alone. Shouldn't live by just physical things. It's not just bread, food that you put in your body. It's everything around you that you have dependence on. It could be the thing you drove here that's in the parking lot. Whatever natural things that tend to be important to you, you don't live just by those things alone. You don't live by your senses, but it says that man lives by every word that proceeds where? From the mouth of God or from the mouth of the Lord. This isn't about striving. This isn't about trying to hear God's voice. And sometimes I may have even talk like that myself. I hear people talk like that. It's not, it's not wrong, but it's, I think it's misdirected. When I start to strive to hear God's voice, <clears throat> I can miss His voice. You see, His voice is familiar to you. It, it's so familiar and trustworthy that you're looking for something more than what He might be giving you. His voice is described in Scripture as still and small. You're looking for big and booming. So as a result, because he's been telling you, speaking to you, letting you know what he wants you to know, you miss it. You miss it. And I, I want to tell you, I want to have faith, and I hope you do too. I want to have faith that can begin to believe when I hear him speak, I know that's him. How do we do that? How do we have that kind of faith? Well, let me, let me share something with you that I really hesitated on because it's going to use the word only. I was taught in seminary to never teach with the word only, must, or never, or always. Those words, stay away from those words because those are absolutes and there's nothing really absolute. Well, you could be absolutely wrong or you could be absolutely right, but that's a different question. Number one, faith, faith is the only thing that God responds to. Faith is the only thing God responds to. Say, well, uh, I, I said that to my wife the other day because I really felt like this was something the Lord was showing me. And she said, well, what about people with broken hearts? The Bible says a, a, a broken and contrite heart, he can't refuse. Yeah, a broken and contrite heart, he can't refuse when it's coming with faith to him. 
And see, faith, isn't, faith is not mysterious. You've got it. There's a seed of faith in every one of you. Some of your faith is stronger than others, but all of you have the ability through faith to believe there's a God. L- listen, listen to this. This is in Hebrews 11, verse 6. It says, but without faith, it's impossible to please him, for he that comes to God must believe that he is. A lot of us believe that here. But we must also believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Notice diligently seek him. It's not diligently work for him, diligently do things for him. It's diligently seek him. It it means I'm listening to him. I love it when people will text me or email me. uh, For instance, Brother Charles, who was here uh, a couple of weeks ago, he'll, he'll... Uh, text me and he'll say, just listening this morning, dot, 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 dot. And then I'll be waiting and he'll give me another text of what he's hearing God say. That's diligently seeking him. It's just getting up before all of this stuff goes on. And I think the morning is such an important time. Before all of the stuff that you're going to face today starts screaming at you with its own voices, you hear God's voice. And you're able to know what he's saying. You, You can sense him leading you. Um, Romans 14 verse 23 says this, whatever is not from faith is sin. So anything that I bring to God or anything I'm operating in, if faith's not involved in it, it's sin. It's pretty heavy duty. That That would change maybe things you do, but man, it should really change what you're listening to. Because faith comes by hearing God. Now, let's go on to the second point. God's word is the only source of faith. So God only responds to faith. Where do I get it? From his word. The only source of faith is God's word. Listen to Romans 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Of God. Um, Let me teach you something here that'll help immensely. If it was just hearing God's word, then it would say, So faith comes by hearing God's word. It doesn't say that. It says faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by God's word. If it were just hearing God's word gave you faith, you could put on, you know, your phone or a tape or something playing the scripture all night, and people do that. That's great. But that's not what's being talked about here. What's being talked about here is that when I'm in God's Word, it starts to sharpen and tune in my hearing. I start to hear other things besides just the voices of problems, the voices of confusion, the voices of the enemy. I start to identify, wait a minute, this is what God's Word says about that. And I can hear Him speak to me about that situation based on what He has spoken in His Word. This is how man lives, not by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Amen? Does that make sense? So God's word is the only source of faith. Last thing, speaking God's word is the only way to activate your faith. You can have all sorts of mental ideas about God, but until you open your mouth and start speaking those things, they will not be activated. Your words are the action that puts pressure on the Word of God, the promises of God, to start to be activated in your life. 
Let me, let me show you a couple of verses. Are you, is this okay? You're getting awful quiet. If you don't agree, that's okay. There's a lot of people who don't agree with this, but uh, there's, you know, a lot of people don't even believe in God. 2 Corinthians 4.13, listen to this. And since we have the same spirit of faith, notice faith is a spirit. You, you get around somebody that operates in faith, you can sense that. You begin to share something with them and you can sense faith being activated because they are listening to God's voice. The Word of God is in them. So we have that same spirit of faith according to what is written. I believe, therefore, I did what? I spoke, therefore, we believe, therefore, we speak. Let me tie it into something you're real familiar with. Romans 10, verse 8 says this, but what does it say? The Word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation." Now, no one in here, I think, would argue with that. I think everyone would say, yeah, there is only appointed one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. We receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, recognizing that it was His death on the cross that paid the price for my sins. His resurrection has now given me the hope of eternal life. I receive that gift of salvation from Him. That's only one part of the understanding, though. Let me put it this way. There's tons of ministries that have the revelation from the Word of salvation through Jesus Christ in Him alone. And that's awesome. We believe that. How many believe that? Could I get a reasonably good amen? Okay. We believe Jesus Christ is the way of salvation. There's no other way. But then we also believe that through His death, burial, and resurrection, there was paid a price in the new atonement for your healing. We also believe through his death, burial, and resurrection that he destroyed every demonic strategy and weapon that has been formed against you. We also believe through his death, burial, and resurrection that we have now the hope of being useful to God while we're in this body on this planet. I'm not just holding on, waiting to go up and be with him in heaven. This isn't about a retirement plan. It's about a life with the fullness of the Holy Spirit operating in me. So whatever you have a revelation about, that will be something you'll begin to activate faith on. And how do you activate that? You'll activate that through your words. It's good to have a revelation of Jesus Christ that he can save anybody. Look what he did for you. <laughs> I hope you don't ever forget that. That's why those songs like we just sang a moment ago, we're, I want to sing that again, the 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 uh, scandal of grace. <sighs> he died in your place. Talk about a scandal. Why well, it wasn't that bad. Well, <laughs> you need to sing that song a few more times. That's a revelation you need. By the way, you, if a person has that kind of attitude, like, well, I, you know, I just kind of been a good person all my life, you won't have a revelation that's powerful enough to bring another sinner to grace. You, you won't have that revelation that burns in you that you know what God did for you. He could do for them also. But see, when you're a little kid and, 
and you have a terrible fever and the doctor told your parents, you may not make it. You're laying in your bed and, and your dad's praying over you and all of a sudden you're healed in an instant. You're totally healed. You'll have a revelation of healing and that's what happened to me. I believe God can heal. So guess what? I, I don't even ask a question if they're a Christian. If I hear that the doctor gave them a report that's not good and they're nervous about it, I say, look, could I pray for you right now? I believe God can heal. Let, let, let's get even less because this, this is a revelation that less of you have. Somebody comes to you and says, I keep having these horrible dreams, these nightmares. They're, they're, they're horrible and they begin to tell you about it. You go, whoa, 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 I don't want to hear about it. Let's bind that demon right now in Jesus' mighty name. Let's plead that blood over that and cover that in prayer. Some of you go, oh, I don't know how to do that. It's because you haven't had a revelation yet. You've never had bad dreams remedied by the cross of Calvary. Are you hearing me? All right. Next thing I want to say. Um, not only do you need to realize that God's voice is able to be heard, absolutely, but you were made for spiritual. Can somebody give me a hand, hand mic? Thanks. You were made for spiritual exhale. Oh, that's much better. I'll get your attention now. Whoa, baby. This is what I need to use more often. Uh, what does that mean, spiritual exchanges? Well, there's songs that are being written about when Jesus comes into the room, the atmosphere changes. What does that mean? See, people who have experienced God's presence, they know exactly what that's talking about. When he comes in, you say, well, isn't he everywhere? Yeah, he's everywhere. But when his people begin to praise him, it says that his presence begins to be established in that place. And it changes because his kingdom starts to be established. There's hope that starts to rise. Uh, look, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 with me. Uh, I'm just going to plow through a few verses here if it's all right. First Corinthians 2, verse 9. Um, but as it was written, eye is not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Um, well, how many love Jesus? Well, you know, don't be ashamed of that. I love him. Well, how, why do we only read that at funerals then? No, I'm, I'm serious. That's this is often read at funerals. Oh, we just this dear sister, she's now in a place where God's prepared for. But that's that's talking about for those who love Him now. Okay, let's go. Let's go further. Let's just let's just read this because this is mind blowing right here. It's extravagant. Verse ten says, "But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit." For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Searches all things. The Holy Spirit's a better search engine than Google. Test Him. When you're not sure about something, say, God, show me right now. What, how am I even to look at this? What am I to do? God will reveal these things to you. Verse 11, for what man knows the things of man except for the spirit of man which is in him? 
Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Well, that that doesn't sound very encouraging until you read this. Now, we have received, say, received. Received. Not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God. That, here's why, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. That word given is an interesting word. Those, those three words, actually four words, have been freely given. one word in the Greek. It's the word charizomai. It has to do with like charisma. It's grace gifts. But it has to do with it. It canceled the debt also. Freely given. You're in debt. God pays the price. So not only you would know that you are saved. Hallelujah. You're no longer a sinner saved by grace. You are a saint who's been saved by his grace. Hallelujah. You're accepted in the beloved. You're a king's kid. You're a a person of privilege. You deserve everything that God has for you because Christ paid the price and now you're the righteousness of God in Christ. That's how God sees you. He doesn't look at the former things that you used to be. So you need to quit looking at them. And as the Holy Spirit begins to download download these things to you, you start to realize, whoa, wait a minute. I got to think differently here. And as a result of thinking differently, i got to start talking differently. In fact, you need to start talking differently and before you even think differently. You'll be, you'll be speaking God's word and you'll think, wow, that sounds strange. Yeah, that's because it's the opposite of the way your old flesh is thinking. Verse 13. These things we also speak not in words of man's, or which, which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Teaches. That's happening right now for someone. Holy Spirit's teaching you things, showing you things. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he even know them, for they are what? Spiritually discerned. Now, that idea of spiritually discerned right there, that, that, that's an, that another word we've been talking about. It's the word pneumaticos or pneumaticos. It has to do with understanding the operations of the Holy Spirit. You, you know, even in a, a gathering like this, there's people who hear some of this stuff, and they're like, wow, I, okay, I don't know what kind of thing I just got in here. This is, I was expecting a couple songs and a, something to make me feel better. I don't even know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, because we're talking about spiritual things. Spiritual things that don't have to go over your head, but have to be absorbed into your heart before your old head can figure them out. Just say this. Say this. I can hear. Say it again. And discern the voice of the Lord. His word just told you that. I can hear. Say it again. The voice of the Lord. And discern it. Amen? Amen. Don't let the enemy steal that from you. Don't feel like you've got to get to somebody to know so they can hear from the Lord on your behalf. It's good to have people who can prophetically speak into your life. But dear ones, God wants to speak right directly to you. Last thing I want to say is we need to open our hearts to the new thing or new things that God is doing. What in the world does that mean? Let me show you. Isaiah 42 says this. 
It says, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So there's going to be things that God wants to do that are new, that are different, that may I just add you might not like. Very tricky right here, this, this area, because we get good at doing things over and over again that we like. It's not that those things that you like were wrong. It's just that you might miss the new thing God's doing when you're so stuck in the thing that he's done that you like. Next verse just says this, sing to the Lord a new song. You want to cut right to the heart of the issue. When God's doing something, the evaluation, not for anybody else. Don't let other people evaluate you unless it's somebody you trust and God's using them to to help bring some change or whatever. But listen, as you look in the mirror, you want to know the greatest evaluation of your growth your, your openness to his voice, your wanting to hear him and be used by him is your ability to sing unto him. And not the same old song. It says a new song. Now, we, we and it's okay. There's definitely times when the Lord just give you a song that sort of you're just making up and it's new. He loves those, by the way. You sound so awesome to him. You can't even imagine what that sounds like in his ears. It just is the best. But it's something that's different. What Isaiah is saying to us is don't miss God's new thing that he's doing. If you're constantly looking at what God's doing on the planet Earth and the way he's moving in different places through the lens of what he did in your past, there is a possibility you might miss what he's doing. The only reason I'm suggesting that to you, because you're probably further along than I am, but I know that I missed stuff because it was so different than what I liked in the past. How do, how do we do this? Well, I'm, I, I, I'm going to just put this out there. You need to stay open, open, uh, ongoingly. How about that? Can I show you a couple verses and we'll, we'll, we'll close? Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence. And then you know the rest. For out of it spring the issues of life. You know that word keep really could be translated this way in the Hebrew. It's keep. It's an ongoing action. Keep on keeping your heart with all diligence. Have you, have you noticed your heart needs a lot of maintenance? Jeez. That's, that's how I stay open. You see a move of God somewhere some, somewhere in, in the planet, whether it's in Australia or it's over in Europe or in China or wherever it may be, and you go, man, I don't know about that. Keep your heart with all diligence. All right? Romans 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's so much ongoing action there. Don't be conformed, ongoing action. Don't be conformed, be being not conformed by being transformed ongoingly by the renewing of your mind. 
Ephesians 5.18. Be, you know this, filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit of God. That, that really should could be translated just like this. Be being filled with the Spirit of God. Ephesians 4.1. Walk worthy of the calling that's on your life. That, that word walk is, it, it, it could be translated like this. While you're walking, make sure you're walking worthy of your calling. While you're cruising around, make sure you're cruising around listening to something that causes you to be worthy of your calling. How do, how, how do I walk worthy? Because listen, you've already been made worthy. This isn't a works thing, folks. This is a hearing thing. Walk in a way that I can continually hear the voice of of the Lord. Matthew 7. Ask. Remember that? Ask. Seek. Knock. You, you, some of you studied this. Those are all ongoing actions. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Those are ongoing actions. Why? Because God's doing new things. Don't misunderstand this. This isn't about God being trendy. Like, oh, there's some new trend. I better, well, I guess I don't like the old one. I'll have to try to get adjusted to the new one. That's not what this is about. It's about the freshening. Because, see, here's the thing about your heart. Your heart will grow stale. Your heart will never get much further on its own than just realizing maybe there's a hope that the big guy upstairs, when I get called up there, he'll say, come on in, get all weep, because I'm just an old sinner. Listen, dear ones, that heart is lying to you. You're a new creation. Those old things that you did, those have been passed away. They're not even talked about in heaven anymore. You're completely new and useful to God. You have to constantly renew your thinking in this area. Does that make sense? Hey, just say this with me. Worshiping, come on up. Say this. I'm not going to miss what God is doing around me. Or through me, <laughs> no matter what, in Jesus' name. Amen? Now, if you're here this morning and you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, you know what? This stuff that we're talking about may seem strange to you, but let me tell you something. You are hearing God's voice. You've been hearing His voice because what He has been saying is that He loves you. You, you wouldn't be here if, if God hadn't been drawing you, the, the word says this, you don't choose him, he chose you. And he uses language like this, you're the apple of his eye. You're the love of his life. And you think, man, I, I don't know if I, I'm even worthy to have God think of me like that. That, that. That's why Jesus did what he did, so that you could be worthy. All across this room, bow your heads for just a moment before we leave, if you would. I want you just to think for a moment with me. If, if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life, his voice speaking to you, things that you've heard about today being used by him, those can be yours. But more importantly, all of the things that you feel that you've disqualified yourself by doing, those can also be taken care of today. He loves you that much. If that's you, I want you, before we leave today, just lift your hand. I want to pray with you. I won't, I won't embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. That's all I want to do. All across this room, if that's you. 
Yeah, brother. I see you right here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I see you, sister. Thank you. Yeah. So good. Thank you, Lord. Don't let me miss this. If it's you, lift your hand so I can see it. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. I want those two that just lifted your hands. Just all, all of us pray together. Just say, Father, today I'm changing things by letting you change me. I'm going from death to life, to being a sinner, to being forgiven, called one of your children. And I'm doing that today by confessing with my mouth that Jesus is my Lord. I ask you, Father, to forgive me. I've sinned, but I receive your forgiveness from this day forward. And I want my life to be characterized by the Spirit of God moving in my life. I pray this in your mighty name. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together. Hallelujah. Stand. Let's stand. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you would like to hear more teachings, join in Operation Solid Lives Group, or would like to partner with Escondido Christian Center, visit us at thecenter.co.